listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 The uh, Tennessee Titans are wrapping up their preseason this weekend against the Chicago Bears. And according to Adam Schefter, Ryan Tannehill and eight other Titans players and coaches have been placed on the COVID list. Now, what was Tan? Does anyone know Tannehill's projection to play this preseason game? Do we know what his scheduled allotment of snaps or possessions were? I don't believe he was going to play. I don't think he was going to play either. I I certainly hadn't heard anything about him playing. So the line for the NFL preseason third game hosting the Bears, they were plus one-and-a-half point underdogs, the Titans. Now they're plus three-point dogs. So the line has gone where Tennessee was getting one-and-a-half, now they're getting three. So it moved against them, which makes sense, except if Tannehill – wasn't supposed to play, and the other players aren't really consequential. I get the idea of thinning the team out, but boy, that seems like a big move to get on to three. Yeah, those were the guys who you would expect to be playing in this final preseason game, so that does thin out their their rotation a little bit. Kind of like you were saying with the Texans over the Packers, the Texans are really good at the back of the roster. These are back of the roster guys, the kind of players you expect to see at this point. But here's the difference, is with the Texans, it was... The third and fourth string was going to play just like with Green Bay. The question is, who's the better third or fourth string? In this case, the Texans. But here, if these players don't play, it doesn't mean they're going to go deeper onto the roster and play guys as much. Maybe it does, or it could mean some of the guys that were as good as them or better play longer, right? It's it's almost if you got two quarterbacks and one gets hurt in the preseason, you got to play the other one the whole game in theory, right? So doesn't this just mean more time for other players? And the ultimate question is, are these players worse? The, the players that are going to get extra time, are they worse than the players that are sitting out or better than the players sitting out? The market is saying that the players that are sitting out are better. Their absence is going to hurt this team. I'm just not sure that should be our default thought. Yeah, I'm not crazy about the, the line moving as well, much as it off, did based it, on this. We should, be, we should be ecstatic if there's illogical line moves. That's fair. That's how you – if something's mispriced – there's nothing I hate more. Pet peeve time. There's nothing I hate more than someone trying to act like, you know, and you hear this all the time on shows that are gambling shows, and I go, this bookie's crazy. This bookie better get his head on straight. It's like, what? You're, yeah, let's make a point to call the bookie and say, you know something? You've Let made me an give error. some facts that can correct <laughs> this error before I get a chance to bet it. I love it. I mean, so you think the line move was too much, and thus we like it because maybe there's value. It seems like it's more than I would have expected it to go. Jonas, do you see what I'm saying in which is the question is, who's going to get the extra time? Because in the regular season, if starters are out, you know that the backups aren't as good. Yeah, I mean the coach is making that decision. Here we don't know what level. I mean these none of these players are are key starters, right? Except for Tannehill. Yeah, I think I don't, I'm starting to wonder if this is maybe that there's a little bit more confidence in the backup of the backups of the Chicago Bears. We know Justin Fields is going to be playing, and maybe that's what's leading to some of this. But he was playing before, so so the line move still exactly. doesn't make sense, which makes me wonder if this is just an, an overreaction. And, and 
to your point on, you know, the gambling shows that say the uh, bookie made a mistake, you know, it's like waving a cop down and saying, hey, by the way, I ran that red light. I don't know if you saw that or not. You know, so why, 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 why would you spoil it, you know? Or, or say, I hope these cops get their head on straight and start picking <laughs> right, me up when I'm right. speeding. More exactly. confusing to me is that the line for week one hasn't adjusted. That's where I would have expected to see a real move because that's where Tannehill does matter, and we haven't seen any adjustment in that. Okay, so week one line, Tennessee still favored by three, hosting Arizona. So they're saying Tennessee's a little better than Arizona because home field's a little less than three at this point in the NFL. My thought is it should move because even if it's just lack of practice, right, that's meaningful. There's two weeks between these games, and you know, so it's going to be what Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, plus 17 days is kickoff. Right, so it's two weeks from this Sunday. Well, I guess the Thursday before, you know, it's two weeks from today for the Thursday game with Dallas and Tampa. Otherwise, two weeks from Sunday. COVID typically ten days, but we know, and maybe it's speculation with Cam, but Cam last year didn't seem the same after COVID. Now maybe it was a coincidence, but Jonas, it feels like to me about one out of seven or eight. COVID cases amongst the professional athletes causes that player to really come back slow. Yeah, like, and no, yeah. and if you remember, Tennessee was the team that had a COVID outbreak that screwed up the Steelers' bye week. You remember that was a conversation we were having where the yep. Steelers never truly got that bye week because they all of a sudden ha- had to play Tennessee, and it was really the Titans that threw a lot of people off, and they got a lot of criticism last year from people in the mainstream media that they were being a little bit lax a days ago when it came to you know looking out for COVID and, and sort of taking the proper precautions. It's a good point. And weren't they in the park or something playing? Yeah, and, something uh, like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like playing in the park and all, but, you know, the Steelers <laughs> missed their bye. I'm not ecstatic about that. We are straight out of Vegas. Mackenzie, you're speculating more. It might be fear of a COVID results to come before the preseason game. Yeah, remember last year the Titans had a couple players on the list and then boom, 14 players out and then up to 20 at one point. Missed several weeks. Uh-huh. That's got to be in the market's mind. Okay, if that's the case, then that seemingly applies to week one, too. Right. I'm also surprised the line hasn't moved. It could easily be, you know, a slippery slope where the Titans are, you know, in jeopardy of not playing week one. The Titans are in jeopardy of not playing? They're going to forfeit? Or they're going to be so ill that, that, that they can't field a team? It's unlikely, but we saw it last year with this team. You know what's funny? If you let Mackenzie talk long enough... It's like I was almost ready to say, you know, he had a hell of a point there, and then he kept talking, ah. and then he was going to say, and there's no moon landing. It was, <laughs> it, it, it was Kubrick that did it. I mean, if you let him talk long enough, we're straight out of Vegas. Now, a few days ago, Mike Vrabel tested positive for the COVID. Is, is it possible? That's why— Do you call it the COVID? Yeah, or the okay. Roni, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Go ahead. For COVID-19, maybe that's why we're seeing the move on the preseason game and— it, you obviously we expect by by regular season week one Mike Vrabel would be back for that so maybe why there's no move there. Well, but but the question is, it, what is the chance of Tannehill having lingering effects? It seems like it's greater than zero. Sure, and it doesn't seem like the market's accounting for it at all. Not to mention the fact that there can be this succession of okay, someone has COVID nineteen. And then someone a couple days later gets it, and it can spread out where it might be a typical 10 days. 
typically, let's say, before they feel 100%. Sometimes it can be longer, but also sometimes it can be where the ten, the day one doesn't start till day like five of the first case. Now you're moving to 15 days, and now you're butted right up against this. So to me, the idea there's no movement doesn't make any sense to me. Is it because they don't want to take it off that key number, take it off a three? Yeah, but remember, three, you can change the money line. So, I mean, you can inc- you can incrementally change off three or uh, around three easier than other numbers. Because if you're at five, you usually got to jump to either, you know, if you're going down to four and a half or whatever. Here, you can go to three minus 115 or, or, yeah. or, or in this case, minus 105. Jonas. And, and we've seen in rare cases, we talked about it with Jason Tatum, um, you know, during the NBA season, that he struggled to really find his breath to, you know, to, to be mm-hmm. the same player for a while after COVID. Well, we know this about the NFL. Players aren't in total game shape come week one. Like, it, it just, it's why we see surprises. It's why you see teams that play in humidity who have issues. So, if we know that they're not going to get a ton of practice time, who knows how much working out they're going to be able to do? The fact that the line still hasn't moved and you've got this many players that are impacted going into week one when players are in the worst game shape of the entire season, it just adds more to the puzzle. I I, th- I agree with everything except the last words you said. I think it's you just made the case why you got to downgrade Tennessee in week one. Yeah. And because even if it's just mispractice, it's the same thing as Dak. It's the same rationale. Even if yeah. he's 100%, all these mispractices have to mean something. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So, RJ, uh, earlier it was offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys, Kellen Moore, who let it be known that Dak Prescott is no longer on a pitch count. So it was reported yesterday that he threw limited throws in the 11-on-11 work that he did with the Cowboys. But apparently, according to the OC, no pitch count as Dallas and Dak get ready for the season opener against Tampa Bay. Okay, and the market responded positively for the Cowboys. Game number one, where Dak's health is going to have the most effect in theory – the line was, and let's kind of paint the whole picture. It was six and a half when it opened up. Tampa at home favored. It got bet up to seven about a week or so into Dak's um, strained arm. We'll call it that. And then when the word came out, what, about a week ago, the idea was, uh oh, Dak could be even worse than we thought. And the line went up to eight. So six and a half to seven. Pretty much to eight, it jumped. Now it's gone back a little bit from eight to seven and a half. So positive news for Dak. But let's not forget, this line is higher than it was 10 days ago. So net-net, there's more pessimism about Dak today than there was 10 days ago based upon the line in game one. Now it's possible the line's moving for other reasons, but it's been out for a while. So I think it's fair to say this is mostly about Dak AJ, what do you think? I'm actually hoping that there's more positive news about Dak because I missed the seven, and that's what I'm looking for. So I, I, I'm sure there's there, – I, I can't imagine what else would be moving the line at this point other than that. Yeah, I, I think it's I mean, got to be – lines move, but I mean, I think in general – uh, it's a good guess. Yeah, I, I think the optimism on him is is probably the driving factor. So I'm I'm in fact hoping more optimism comes out. I'm not as optimistic as the market seems to be, though. And, and just to be clear, the chance that the move from eight to seven and a half is Dak is very high because it's a tight window. 
right? It's just like Jonas said in the first segment, is when there's no news like, hey, uh, the Bears have a good rookie quarterback. And if then something else comes out and the line moves, you could say it's about what was known before, but chances are it's what's new is what moves the line. What I was talking about is when the line went up to eight, it could have been something else. You know, it could have been partially something other than Dak pessimism. Now, you're saying you want to bet Tampa fade Dallas, even though there's optimism with Dak. Why is that? Because I don't believe the optimism is warranted. I'm a big believer that all this time that he's missed, it all adds up. It, it, this is this is not something. Oh, he threw he so threw what adds up. What today. adds up is the missed practice. Yes. So it, just because you show up, you know, a week before the game, and you're oh now everything's fine, you are still not one hundred percent prime condition leading into week one the way you would expect your QB one to be. You know, let's look at the coaches and say who's the best coaches in the NFL. And I think most people would say one and two is Belichick and Andy Reid in some order. Belichick and Andy Reid are both playing their players extensively, starters, quarterbacks, whatever, Mahomes, extensively. You got McVay in the new generation. They don't play their starters. Joe Judge, who's a Belichick guy, you know, how would you characterize, you know, he's an interesting one to me. How would you characterize how the Giants are doing it? He's not what I consider, like, in the Boy Wonder group. Like, the, the not the Tannehill, the, uh, the Shanahan, McVay, yeah. the, these uh, uh, LaFleur. Well, I, yeah. I don't consider him one of those. He does have a little bit more of an old school mentality. But I do think it's just a shift in general. And Belichick and Reed but are so ingrained. Is, how, would you, how would you characterize how the Giants are playing preseason? It's sort of a hybrid, but closer to what the young guys are doing. Jonas. Yeah, I um, I don't trust anything Dallas gives us in the media when it comes to Dak's issue or his shoulder injury. I just I don't trust it. We've been on a roller coaster of reports and uh, different timelines and different stories that have come out of Dallas when it comes to Dak and the severity of the issue and all of that. They can say whatever they want. Uh, to me, the fact that we started at him playing in the preseason to to now we're not playing in the preseason at all. If he feels so good, why isn't he playing this weekend? Like, I mean, if he feels so good, why is he not out there this weekend? You know, if that was the original plan, why are we diverting from the plan? And I just think this is all them trying to build it, convince themselves he's going to be okay. Nothing changes my mind about my skepticism heading into week one for Dallas. That's Jonas Knox. We are straight out of Vegas. I will say this. You're asking a key question. Why isn't he playing this week? And I think that tells us he's not 100%. Yeah. But I don't think the question is, is he 100%? The question is, is he better now that we found out what we found out today? Do we project him to be better than we did yesterday? And I think the step to doing 11 on 11 is a positive step. So I think unequivocally the lost time is going to hurt him. It's possible he'll be less than 100% for the game. But even if he is 100%, the lost time hurts him. So there's some degree of downgrade for Dak in game one at minimum. And though this could be optimistic, it's still a downgrade. We're straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. 
New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. We were talking about over-under starts for rookies this season, according to Fox Bet. We discussed, obviously, Mac Jones, who is sitting at three, Trey Lance, who is sitting at seven, and now it's time to guess Bears rookie Justin Fields and how many starts or what the over-under number is at for him when it comes to starts this season, according to Fox Bet. AJ. I will go three and a half on Fields. If we, we had the whole break for you to think on that, did you think on it or did you just wait till now? I just waited till now. And now I would say four and a half is my number. <laughs> so it's four and a half. Four and a half. Mackenzie. Justin Fields will play over seven games. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm going to go even higher than that. I'm going to say nine and a half. Ooh. Jonas. According to Fox Bet, it's ten and a half. Uh-huh. Whoa. So I won every one. You win. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. The price is right. I like it. Hey, listen, I don't want to make a big deal about it. In our day, we trust oh, yeah, we're we're on them, baby. Here we go. Let's get it. Tuition paid. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, Jonas. I'm not sure what the limits are there, though, because I want to get in on that. Maybe make a car. I want to get in on the Mac Jones for sure over three. I don't, I mean, I don't think that's right at all. I mean, Cam, it feels like Andy Dalton and Cam's about in the same place. When I mean, Cam's a little bit more entrenched. There's more upside on Cam than well, Andy Dalton. No, no, that's not the question. They're not competing against each other no, for a start. Right. The question is, who is more entrenched in their position on the team? Well, it's got to be Cam. He was a starter last year. Yeah, and, and I think, though, Andy Dalton was projected to be the starter they didn't expect to have justin field what i'm saying is when i said the upside thing i think that you have more leash with a guy that you know there's more there's more juice if you squeeze harder yeah but i also think in chicago i think that uh, you know last question on this to you jonas i think there's two minds when it comes to chicago's coaching and gm situation on one hand you could say it's time to save their job you better get justin fields in there or on the other hand, you can say, you know, Nagy has fields. He's grooming him. He wasn't ready his rookie year. we got to give him a chance to have field step on the field. And thus, by not putting fields in, you delay the judgment. So does the judgment come no matter what for Nagy this year? Or does it come when fields steps onto the field? Yeah, I think Nagy's in trouble. If they have a bad year, regardless of who's the starter, I think he's gone. And we saw this with Trubisky's first year. John Fox was the head coach in Chicago. And uh, and they went to Trubisky when he wasn't ready to play because they wanted to show them and see what they had in him before they got canned without even getting an opportunity to take a look. And it still didn't matter. They didn't win enough games, and he got let go after the season. I think that could play out similarly here when it comes to Matt Nagy. And somehow Trubisky was the third-ranked QBR quarterback his second year. One of the great mysteries, really, in the last 10 years. It feels like we're putting Matt Nagy on this hot seat. Well, he was almost fired. If they would have ended the season uh, poorly, I think he would have been fired But instead, they made the playoffs. Uh, Well, listen, you are famous across the country. Well, not really, but you're famous in small pockets of the country 
for you hating on Bill O'Brien from your ESPN perch is the highest rated show in Houston way back when, you know, last year or whatever, is the idea that you hated on O'Brien when he won the division three out of five years and he made yeah. the playoff. So explain. It just feels like the, and well, where's Bill O'Brien at now after making the playoffs three or five years? He's fired. Well, because of people like you. Because of people like me. And now here I am <laughs> saying, Matt Nagy, it feels like maybe the hot seat's not warranted when the guy just made Wait, the playoffs were, with Mitch if, Trubisky. If you somehow we're in Chicago doing radio, you'd be saying fire. I probably would. Because you don't like, listen, you're the type that you don't like anyone that you know. Like, you like people at a distance, but the more intimate you get, the less you like them. I liked you so much more a month ago, you might be onto something. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But it's not just me, because with me, that happens with everyone. (laughs) This is... (laughs) We're straight out of Vegas. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.